Welcome to War Stories. I'm Preston Stewart, and this is a show where we talk about America's military history through the lens of individual acts of heroism and valor. Enjoy. All right, today we have the story of Corporal John Kelly. John Kelly, uh, at the time of this action, was a corporal, would go, would go on to be promoted to technical sergeant. A couple ranks in between, but, but would eventually be a technical sergeant. He was serving with the 314th Infantry Regiment, a part of the 79th Infantry Division in France during World War II. So uh, Kelly and his unit landed on, or entered France, I'll say, on Omaha Beach, um, a week or so after the D-Day landings. So those beaches stayed in use by the allies for some time, um, well over a month, I think as some of the primary beaches to get men and supplies into theater, as well as to get wounded and prisoners of war and whatever might be needed out of theater. So those beaches were not just used the, the D-Day beaches were not just used for the initial assault. Those were, um, that was the hub. That was the resupply hub for, for quite some time. John Kelly's actions were would take place in and around. His unit would be tasked with, of many other things, taking Cherbourg. Cherbourg, France is a little west and north of the Allied landing beaches. And it's at, it's, it's at the tip of a peninsula. And if the Allies were to come straight inland, they land on the beach and never stop running, they're going to they're gonna run across this peninsula and cut Cherbourg off, which is a little bit of the idea. But um, you can't just leave the Germans back there. There's, you know, I'll say it's not as much of a threat uh, because they aren't able, very quickly. I mean, I think it was, you know, just a few days after D-Day, um, Cherbourg was cut off from ground resupply and they had to rely on aerial resupply from the Luftwaffe. And that was just not happening at scale during this time of the war. So, you know, the battle of Cherbourg was serious. There were a lot of casualties. There were, um, you know, I want to say 20,000 American casualties in the, in the overall battle of Cherbourg, which is loose because some of the paratroopers that landed on June 6th were tasked with things that led to the battle of Cherbourg. You had, and then you had units like, like Kelly's uh, 79th Infantry, whose deliberate task was to clear and hold Cherbourg. So the, the, the Battle of Cherbourg is kind of, um, there's a lot of pieces in there. It's not a set, it's not as much of a set defined battle as you'd find um, in other parts of the war. So, but, but that said, um, what I was getting at was you, you couldn't just leave it. You had to deal with this you know, remnant of a German force and, and at the time, there were approximately 40,000 Germans in this peninsula that would have to be dealt with in, in one way or another. Now, Kelly's unit starts moving into Cherbourg, and they come across something on the outskirts of the city known as the Fort du Roule. It's uh, the fort and then du, D-U, and then Roule, and I'm probably mispronouncing this, R-O-U-L-E. It is a substantial fortress overlooking the port of Cherbourg. It was built a hundred years plus prior to, uh, to this event in 1944. And it's designed as a way to, it was designed to overlook the port of Cherbourg. The port has been important for a long time. It's a deep water port. So you can get um, major, very large uh, naval ships 
right up into the harbor, which you can't do all across the peninsula. This is one of the reasons it was so important for the Allies to take this port. They could stop using these um, ad hoc mulberry harbors that they had made out off of Utah and Juneau and Sword and Omaha and, and transition to a existing in-use um, port of Sherburne. Germans knew this, Allies knew this, it, it wasn't a secret. But in turn, there's this fortress overlooking the port. The, the, of course, the Germans have occupied it and they have further reinforced it. They have added, um, they've brought it up to date, I'll say. So there's modern artillery, modern machine guns, and so on and so forth. Kelly's unit is going to be tasked with taking this fort. And it's an interesting piece because when you look at it, it's daunting. It's, there's a piece of it where you say, why, why attack that? You know, it's a little bit, it, it brings back the thoughts of some World War I attacks where you say, why? Why should we attack that thing? It's designed to kill people that are attacking it. Um, but then you can't leave it because the port is useless. If, if the Germans sit holding this fort, they can sit in there for who knows how long, who knows how long they can hold out with the supplies on hand and shell allied shipping to the port. So the port is useless until this fort falls. Um, it's a little too close to town bombing it. The, the, the accuracy of bombing at the time wouldn't have really done the trick. Um, so, so you take it. So you put uh, overwhelming firepower on the ground and you, and you take the fort. And that's what Kelly's unit was tasked with um, on June 25th, uh, 1944. So they, they start moving up the slopes of this hill and come under pretty substantial machine gun fire. And a lot of these German emplacements, a lot of these German positions are, are, you know, it's just like the Atlantic wall. It's just like what we hit coming ashore on Omaha beach and, and many of the other beaches, they're concrete pillboxes. I mean, they're designed to be an enforce or an in-depth defense. That's what they're running up against. And they're having a hard time getting around it. There's only so many ways to move up this hill. So Kelly, Corporal Kelly, um, volunteers to attempt to reduce the strong point that is holding up his company. How he's going to do that is with something called a pole charge. Um, a pole charge is a 10 foot pole with a 15 pound block of explosive on the end of it. And the reason you have a pole is so you can place this thing uh, further away than, than you physically are. So if you needed to blow a bridge, maybe you could just set the explosive charge on, on one of the, the trusses or the, the, whatever it might be. But if you're going to, you don't want to be, you can't stand in the face of the bunker that's firing at you. You need to have some way to stay away from that. A 10 foot pole is, is the, the, the wartime solution that we have here. He moves up the hill under, well, let me, let me step back as to why that's an important thing to do. Um, these bunkers, a lot of times would have small slits to look out of. I mean, sometimes no more than three or four inches tall, maybe a few feet wide. And what that does is it makes it very easy for the defender to look out and rain down accurate fire, but it makes it very, very difficult for somebody to a fire around from a rifle or machine gun in that opening and actually hit somebody inside. It might make it impossible to get a grenade through there or a, um, I mean, depending how it's set up, it might even be, and, and part of this is the elevation. So they're coming from below. So how are you going to get a tank round in there? How are you going to hit it with artillery? It's, it's some, some genius went into building these defenses, just 
as, as has been the case throughout history. So it's not like this is, you know, one option. This might be the only realistic option to take out this, this emplacement. So Kelly's got his pole charge in hand, climbs the hill, comes within 10 feet of the enemy position, places the pole charge out, detonates, doesn't do the trick. So back down the hill, resupply, get another pole charge, back up the hill. This time when he detonates it right outside the front of the position, it blows the, uh, the, the, the front, it blows the end off of the machine guns, the enemy machine guns, rendered them useless. So they can't be used. And he, he, but they still have rifles, still have small arms, grenades, things like that. So he crawls back down the hill, uh, resupplies again, crawls back up again, this time under rifle fire, grenade fire, things like that, and places the charge at the back of the bunker. This time blows a hole in the door and starts lobbing grenades into the bunker. Soon all of the uh, enemy fighters in this bunker are either dead or are, are, are screaming to surrender and, and come out and do so. And, just like that, Corporal John Kelly has reduced this strong point that held up his entire company. Um, that's something. The the so it's you know we we've heard stories of guys knocking out machine gun nests with bazookas, or maybe standing on a tank and directing fire, or even using a machine gun to reduce something at distance. But to crawl within ten feet of an enemy emplacement and then set off a charge when you're I mean I don't care I don't know how far away he could have gotten after placing this charge. Um, but the answer is not far. So he would have felt a concussion of this charge. It would have shook him. Um, he's, he's rolling the dice of climbing around again under machine gun fire with a 15 pound explosive strapped close to his body. There's an incredible amount of risk that Kelly took to get this to the bunker and to detonate it. But like I said, it might've been the only way to really reduce that strong point. Corporal Kelly would be awarded the medal of honor for this action. Unfortunately, he would die on November 23rd, 1944, as he was fighting a little further um, east and north in France, just getting ready to cross into Germany. He was killed. Um, so the award was presented posthumously, um, but of course, certainly deserving for, for taking out an enemy bunker that nobody else could, uh, volunteering to do so with a pole charge. So he had to get within 10 feet. That's crazy. So for actions on June 25th, 1944, near Fort, Fort du Rule in Cherbourg, France, Corporal John Kelly awarded the Medal of Honor for taking out an enemy strong point. Hey, thanks for listening to War Stories. If you get a chance, it'd mean an awful lot if you could head over to Apple or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast and leave a review. It helps others to, to find the show. But thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time.